0: "'Today we continue Mallory Mallory, the Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. "'Let's join Arthur, the Tooth Fairy, the Hex Checker, "'and the Giant Pastry Cooks as they bargain over the ransom numbers.' "'Right,' said the Hex Checker, with another grim look at the pie-makers. "'Excuse me, I must find the Tooth Fairy's ledger.' "'She stood up and made her way through a door to the rear-labeled records. "'It seemed to take a long time.' but eventually she returned carrying a large, leather-bound volume which she placed on the bench in front of her. She opened the book and scanned through the pages until she seemed satisfied she had found the right page. Hm. she murmured, running her finger down a column of numbers. "'There is just enough credit here in the Tooth Fairy's account to allow me to advance the necessary money. Excuse me.' She rose again and this time went through another door to the rear-marked Treasury. Before she had risen, however, Morrie, from his great height, had peered over the top of the glass partition and stared at the hexchecker's finger as it had run down the column of fingers. Once the hexchecker had gone, he turned to Molly and nudged her. "'We've hit the jackpot!' he whispered, grinning, and then he gave her a giant thumbs-up sign. Molly grinned happily and returned the gesture. Arthur caught this exchange and felt a twinge of alarm. He was feeling sorry for Mallory, but was still unable to see her because of the height at which Morrie was holding the birdcage. There was another quite long wait before the checker returned, this time carrying a small white canvas bag. Right, she said briskly, passing the bag through the hole in the window. Here is the agreed ransom of one hundred dollars. I'm asking you to now release the Mallory, Mallory. With his free hand, Morrie snatched the bag. Then he grinned wolfishly. Thank you, he boomed. However, instead of making any move to release Mallory, he simply raised the birdcage higher. Well, demanded the hexchecker. Arthur's twinge of alarm grew considerably. Something was happening. They did not appear to have been in the script. The trouble is, Hexchecker, declared Morrie, that I was able to read that ledger, and far from just having a hundred dollars, as you so falsely claimed, the mouse appears to have much, much more in Cracket. So, Cracket, asked the Hexchecker. I told you, murmured the mouse, credit. Morrie Glared at the hexchecker. So, you have not been completely honest with us. Pork pies, in fact, he said. You have taken advantage of our selflessness, said Molly. Pork pies, no less. Accordingly, said Murray, the amount of ransom we now demand is two hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars, corrected Molly. Murray glanced at her. Right, he said. Three hundred dollars. He raised the birdcage even higher while Molly folded her arms. "'Am I to understand,' said the Hexchecker evenly, "'that despite agreeing to the terms of the release, "'you have now changed your minds?' "'We have,' boomed the two giants in unison. Three hundred dollars,' said Molly. "'Only our selfless generosity prevents it from being more,' said Molly." "'Return the ransom,' said the Hexchecker, holding out her hand for the canvas bag. "'No way,' said Morrie, with another wolfish grin. He raised the hand, holding the bag high above his head. "'You run away and find another canvas bag to put our $200 in.' "'Make that three, said Molly. "'$300,' said Morrie, and no crack it. These claims were so outrageous that Arthur suddenly snapped. You big cheats! he shouted, fighting back tears of frustration. Oblivious to any danger, he put his head down and rushed furiously at Morrie, crashing into his legs. It was rather like a rugby tackle, if you can imagine a rabbit tackling an elephant. Ninety times out of a hundred, Morrie would have laughed at the foolishness and swatted him away. But Morrie was standing unbalanced, with one arm holding the heavy birdcage aloft and the other arm holding the canvas bag high in the air. Amazingly, the giant was just sufficiently off balance for Arthur's nudge to make him start to topple over. For a moment, Morrie swayed dangerously, reaching wildly about to steady himself but he had nothing to steady himself with and he began to fall backwards. Just before he fell, Molly managed to grab his arm, but it was too late. Murray lurched ever more quickly backwards and then crashed onto his back, dragging Molly with him. There was a huge crash and a clatter and all at once both giants were flat on their backs on the slippery marble. The canvas bag was skidding across the floor in one direction and the iron birdcage skidding across the floor in the other direction. Fortunately, Arthur had bounced away to safety after his astonishing tackle. He now scrambled to his feet and rushed towards a birdcage lying on its side on the far side of the chamber. He was aware, as he did so, of three piercing blasts he glanced over his shoulder to see the hexchecker blowing furiously into a silver whistle. Immediately, more than a dozen white-uniformed incisors raced into the chamber and levelled short blunderbusses with bright brass barrels at Morrie and Molly, who were still lying on their backs like helpless giant beetles. No sooner had she blasted on the silver whistle... Then the hexchecker raced from her booth and re-entered the chamber through the gate in the counter. Before the giants could scramble to their feet, she ordered, "'Stay where you are. One move and you'll be very, very sorry.' Morrie and Molly sat up and looked in alarm at the incisors and their blunderbosses, which resembled extremely lethal trumpets. "'Don't shoot,' cried Maury. "'We were only joking.' "'Just our giant sense of humour, said Molly. "'Stay where you are,' repeated the Hexchecker. "'She marched across the floor and picked up the white canvas bag. "'Arthur, meanwhile, had rushed across to the huge birdcage. "'Mallory had struggled to her feet and was now standing on the bars. "'She did not appear to be hurt, but she was covered from head to toe "'with grain husks and droppings off the floor.' The droppings dripped from her hair and were smeared all over her clothes. The sudden jolt, though, had not jolted back any ability to speak, nor had the jolt sprung the lock on the cage door. "'Are you all right, Mallory?' cried Arthur. Mallory tried to say yes, but gave up, not vigorously instead. Arthur pushed and pulled at the bars of the cage, but it was far too big and far too solid. Don't worry, Mallory, he said. We'll get you out of there somehow. The hex checker stationed herself between two of the incisors. She addressed the two giants sternly. Pie-makers, she said, with the authority vested in me by the state of Aurelia, I am arresting you for a series of grievous crimes. Namely, one. Awful failure to keep to the terms of a formal ransom agreement, namely, two, using your great height to illegally read confidential Aurelia state documents, namely, three, claiming ownership of a living creature for purposes of illegal trade and ransom. At this point, the Hexchecker paused and took from her white waistcoat pocket what at first glance appeared to be a large silver pocket watch. It was evidently, however, some other kind of apparatus, for she held it up by a silver chain and marched towards a giant birdcage. She dangled the apparatus before Mallory for some seconds, then adjusted some dials before dangling it once more. Finally she gave a small grunt of satisfaction, and then returned to her station between the two incisors. The hex stared at the two giants sternly once more, then said in the formal tone she'd previously used, namely, for, against all rules, laws, customs and regulations of the state of Aurelia, using a wicked Hex to subdue an unfortunate captive and deprive said unfortunate captive "'of the ability to speak. "'What do you have to say for yourselves?' "'It wasn't a wicked hex,' protested Molly. "'It was a very nice hex,' insisted Molly. "'We did it to stop the Mallory Mallory from telling pork pies.' "'All hexes are wicked,' said the hex checker grimly. "'And for these aforementioned crimes, wicked wrongs and misdemeanours, "'you will be taken immediately to the penitentiary,' To await trial in the Major Rats Court. No! cried Mallory. No! cried Molly. Take them away! ordered the Hexchecker, flourishing to the incisors. Wait! cried Arthur. The Hexchecker turned to him. Arthur was still crouched by Mallory's cage. What is it? she asked. It's Mallory! cried Arthur. She's still locked in the bird cage. "'and she still can't talk.' "'That's because she's hexed,' she explained. "'I know,' said Arthur, "'but can't she be let out? "'And can't the hex be unhexed?' "'I suppose it could be done if you think it's so important,' "'said the hex checker. "'What do you think, Tooth Fairy?' she added, "'calling over to the mouse in the birdcage, "'still sitting on the bench. "'If it could be done,' said the mouse. I have no objection. Pie makers, said the hex checker, turning to the two giants. Would you be prepared to release the Mallory Mallory and unhex her? Morrie and Molly glanced at each other. It might be possible, said Morrie cautiously, but there are a couple of problems to sort out. Problems? asked the hex checker. Problems? "'repeated Molly. "'You see, there's the problem of the penitentiary "'and the problem of the money,' said Morrie. "'Penitentiary? Money?' said the hexchecker. "'What do you mean?' "'We mean,' explained Murray. "'if you could see your way clear "'to take the penitentiary out of our way "'and if you could find it in your heart "'to pass us back that small white canvas bag.' "'You're holding in your hand, that bag filled with our hard-earned money. "'We might just,' added Molly, "'find it in our hearts to release the Mallory Mallory "'and remove the very nice hex placed upon her for very valid reasons,' "'concluded Maury with a huge and hopefully winning smile. "'The hex-checker stared back at the pair in astonishment. "'Arthur stared at them with disgust.' I said they were giant cheats, he said. Mallory merely glared and stared, hands gripping the bars. What is your reaction to these proposals, Tooth Fairy? asked the hexchecker. Outrageous, murmured the mouse. My thoughts as well, said the hexchecker, quite outrageous. But what should we do? Search them, suggested the mouse. Good idea, said the hexchecker. Maurie laughed. You'll never find the key. Our pockets are deep and very plentiful.' "'And our mouths are tight and quite inexpressible,' said Molly. "'You'll never open them.' They both stared smugly at the hex-checker. "'It seemed to be an impasse.' "'This might help,' said the mouse. He poked a long blue feather, which looked like it might have come from Bruce's tail— "'through the bars of the cage. "'This?' asked the Hexchecker. "'Tickle torture,' suggested the mouse. "'Never fails.' "'Of course,' said the Hexchecker. "'Grasping the feather in one hand, "'she marched purposefully toward the two giants. "'When they saw what she was pointing dangerously in their direction, "'they cowered in fear. "'Don't!' cried Maury, "'You wouldn't dare!' cried Molly. "'Where?' asked the Hexchecker. "'Under the chin,' suggested the mouse. "'You first, said the Hexchecker to Maury. There was steel and menace in her voice, and Morrie flinched and shrank. "'No!' he quavered. The Hexchecker manoeuvred at the feather towards the underside of Morrie's chin, and was just about to lunge when Maury gasped, "'Don't! Please don't! I give in!' The key, demanded the hexchecker. Morrie wriggled onto his side and reached into his trouser pocket. He fumbled there for a moment or two, then withdrew a large iron key, which he handed obediently to the hexchecker. Good, said the hexchecker. I'm glad you've seen reason. Easy, wasn't it? She then turned to Molly, who, realising it was her turn, shrank away, moaning miserably. The feather was flourished in Molly's direction, the giant seeming to be mesmerised with horror as the hex checker brought it closer and closer. No! Yes, said the hex checker, once again all steel and determination. I'll do anything, gasped Molly. Remove the hex? Anything! Remove the hex then, ordered the hex checker. "'Molly closed her eyes and began to mumble somewhat incoherently, "'and then she nodded fearfully at the Hexchecker. "'Almost immediately, a loud and very angry shout filled the chamber. "'You great, horrible monsters! I hate you! I hate you! "'I'm going to get you even if it takes me a hundred years!' "'Mallory!' cried Arthur happily. You can talk again. The hexchecker looked around in alarm for the source of the noise. My goodness, she exclaimed. Mallory's face was screwed up with fury as she continued to hurl insults at the two giant molars. Hurriedly, the hexchecker handed the iron key back to Moray. Quick, she said, let the Mallory Mallory out. Though, given the noise it's making, it might perhaps be better if you take her with you to the penitentiary. Arthur, hearing this, cried, Mallory, be quiet! You're making things worse! I will not be quiet! roared Mallory. I hate you! she shouted as Murray crawled on his knees towards the cage. Murray reached out and turned the bird cage right way up. That silence, Mallory, for a few moments, as it had the effect of tumbling her onto her back, once again, down onto the dropping, spattered floor. Then Morrie inserted the key into the lock and pulled open the birdcage door. He reached in, wrapped his huge hand around Mallory, and, surprisingly gently, withdrew her. "'There,' he said bitterly, standing her upright on the marble floor of the chamber." The Hexchecker, who had watched all of this gravely, then said to the incisors, Right, now please escort these wicked felons to the penitentiary to await their trial. Grumbling and muttering, Maury and Molly climbed awkwardly to their feet, and were escorted out the door and through the lobby by the blunderbuss-wielding incisors. Their departure also silenced Mallory, who, having nobody left to hurl insults at, stood by the cage from which she'd just been liberated. Far from thanking the Hexchecker for engineering her release, though, she scowled at her, then turned her scowl on Arthur. "'What?' he asked. "'Do you realise I could have been turned into a pie?' Mallory demanded. "'But do you know what it's like to be struck completely speechless?' "'No.' "'Do you realise how utterly filthy I am?' "'Well... Arthur wanted to say, ''Yes, I do.'' He also wanted to point out that Mallory not only looked filthy, but that she smelt terrible as well. However, given Mallory's present mood, he did not think that telling her so would be particularly smart. As usual, he tried to make little soothing noises, the same little noises he used to calm Bruce, even though he knew they would be of little use. Mallory's moods usually ranged between vile and extra-vile, and he could see quite clearly that she was in one of her extra-vile phases at that moment. The hexchecker wasn't so cautious. She glared at Mallory. "'I suppose you realize," she said, "'what a pretty pickle you've put everybody in.' Mallory glared back, but said nothing. "'I understand from my friend the Tooth Fairy here,' that you have had the rank impertinence not only to trap it in a birdcage with a non-talking budgie, but then added insult to injury by demanding one hundred dollars to set it free. So, Mallory said, Arthur tried to wave his hand from side to side, meaning, don't push it, Mallory, be careful. Mallory refused to look at him. She stared angrily at the hex checker her arms folded in front of her, and her chin jutting out. "'Well,' demanded the Hexchecker, not at all intimidated. "'A hundred dollars isn't much,' said Mallory. "'Mallory, don't,' pleaded Arthur. Mallory turned on him. "'Don't what, wimp?' "'Don't do this!' "'Don't do what?' "'What you're doing.' "'What am I doing?' "'You're pushing things. Don't!' "'I am not!' "'You are so!' (sighs) "'Couldn't we get on with this?' interrupted the mouse. "'Good idea!' snapped the hex-checker, and she swept across the chamber, back through the gate and the bench, and seated herself once more within the cubicle where Arthur's birdcage still rested. Once she had adjusted her green eye-shade, she said to Mallory, "'Step forward!' Her tone was so stern that Mallory did not even think about arguing. After a quick glance at Arthur, which included an angry tongue-poke, Mallory hurried to the cubicle and stood before it, waiting. "'I think,' began the Hexchecker, "'I'd like to hear from the Tooth Fairy, "'how it came to be imprisoned in a cage, "'and what arrangements have been negotiated for its release.' "'Mallory looked as, she, as if she were about to protest.' but the Hex-Checker silenced her with a long, upraised finger. I said the Tooth Fairy. The mouse coughed. It happened this way, it said. I was the victim of a very cunning plot, and I blame myself entirely for not being aware of it. Knowing that Mallory had lost a tooth, I included her in my nightly Tooth Collection run. It was a particularly busy night. Teeth had been falling like Autumn leaves. Hmm, very pretty, said the Hexchecker. The mouse coughed again. I should have been suspicious when I discovered that Mallory had secreted her tooth in a small black bag with a drawstring. Foolishly, I entered the bag with the dollar, my usual very fair payment for a tooth, to discover a long piece of string tied to the tooth. So, asked the Hexchecker, So when I moved the tooth, the string alerted Mallory to my presence. She immediately seized the bag, drew the drawstring tight, thrust the bag into another bag. Another bag? asked the hexchecker. I discovered later that the other bag was in fact a sock, a rather ugly pink and white candy-striped sock. Clean? asked the hexchecker. Arthur realised she was taking notes. One of the few bright spots in this sorry tale, said the mouse, was that the sock was clean. Then, asked the hexchecker, next morning, continued the mouse, Mallory persuaded Arthur to house me in this cage already occupied by Bruce the budgie, and then demanded one hundred dollars ransom. The hexchecker looked at Mallory. It was not a pleasant look, and Arthur felt a twinge of apprehension. I had no alternative but to agree to these terms, said the mouse, and as Mallory did not trust me to bring her the ransom, again I had no alternative to bring her to Aurelia in order to attempt to secure the ransom from the chancery of the hexchecker. Is that it? asked the hexchecker. The mouse nodded. The hexchecker then turned to Mallory and stared down at her with a forbidding expression. So! "'Mallory, Mallory,' she said. "'Do you wish to contradict or clarify anything the Tooth Fairy has said?' "'It's just Mallory,' said Mallory. "'Why is everybody calling me Mallory, Mallory?' "'I'm not sure,' said the Hex Checker. "'Perhaps it's because, from what I've seen so far, "'you're a two-faced, two-timing, double-dealing, double-crossing little girl.' "'You can't talk like that,' said Mallory indignantly. "'Oh, I can,' said the hexchecker. "'In fact, I just did.' "'But,' she continued, "'you do accept the basic facts as outlined by the Tooth Fairy?' Mallory nodded in a grumpy way. "'Given that, what do you feel should happen now?' asked the hexchecker. Arthur held his breath. "'If Mallory said and did the right thing now, "'she could still retrieve the situation and make things right for everybody.' needn't have bothered Mallory immediately made things much worse well Mallory certainly hasn't got any milder has she is she going to wreck the whole deal we're nearing the end of the story and I still don't know how the ending will work out more next time have you been up to Old Tacky to meet Jackie and her team at Books and Co they're always smiling I would too, if I worked amongst all those wonderful books. They're on State Highway 1 through Old Techie, a little shop with a big heart. Happy reading. Goodbye.